Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, fellow gamers. Welcome to the Video Gamers Podcast. We normally don't release episodes on Wednesdays, but we are here with an emergency podcast. Cue the air horns. Pal World has taken the world by storm. We had to get our thoughts out there as soon as we could. I am your host, Paul, and joining me, he is capturing syndicate thugs and selling them as slaves on the black market. It's Ryan. What? Sorry. I'm I'm stress eating like my pals. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Get back to work, Ryan. <laughs> All right. And then joining Ryan and me, he's busy posting viral tweets that get replies from the official Pal World Twitter account. It's Josh. Ah yeah! shucks, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we jump into our half dive here on Pal World, please make sure to follow us on socials at Video Gamers Pod. We did have a tweet go viral today, just got retweeted literally two minutes before recording by Pal World, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. You can also help support our show and keep it running by signing up on Patreon at $5 a month. You can do that at MultiplayerSquad.com. You'll get bonus episodes and other perks as well. All right, guys. Pal World, let's just start off with the Steam description, like we normally do with these games. Uh, here it is. Pal World is a blatant ripoff of Ark and Pokemon <laughs> with a dash of Zelda, tossing them all in a blender and charging $30 for it. What? Um, all right, I, 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 I do kid. I do kid. It, it's heavily inspired by those games. I don't think I'm breaking any news here. Um, this is a game that I would say heavily borrows from some of the greats packages packages it all together in a way that's a lot of fun here's the actual description on steam fight farm build and work alongside mysterious creatures called pals in this completely new multiplayer open world survival and crafting game all right so in case any of our listeners are not in on what is going down here currently in the gaming world uh, Pal World released into early access on January 19th. It immediately sold like gangbusters. We are recording this here on the evening of the 23rd. The game has already sold over 6 million copies in four days. It now currently holds the second highest concurrent player account ever on Steam. And what's even crazier is that it's only getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. It's only been a couple days. In many ways, this is the exact kind of game that tends to vibe with our friend group. I mean, we're talking exploration, combat, crafting, and in this case, online co-op up to 32 players, which is very rare. So let's talk about what the game actually is. Josh, why don't you jump in and kind of give us like the 30 to 60 second elevator pitch of how Pal World plays. Oh man, I got to keep it short. Okay, so <laughs> Pal World is, like you said, it is a survival crafting exploration creature capturing game a la Pokemon, right? Like that's the biggest thing that we see is the comparison to Pokemon. 
And I know that there's a lot of people out there that have said, hey, they're just ripping off Pokemon. And and I get it. it. Like That's an easy thing to kind of assume, especially with the way these creatures look. And, you know, I, I, I can say I understand that thought process. But when you actually start playing Pal World, you start to see that there is a lot more to it than just ripping off Pokemon and trying to get rich off of, you know, that IP. So... You're right, Paul. Like, we love these kind of games because they just let you hop in with friends and work together and have fun and do dumb things and have Ryan steal my eggs, you know, and, 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 you know, things like that. Or, you know, Paul die 4,000 miles away across the map and then have to spend an hour going to get his corpse run while we're all waiting to fight a boss. You know, those sorts of things, um, you know, you mentioned the tweet at the beginning of the show. There is a really good video um, where a good, good friend of ours, Ace of Shame, had joined us um, and was playing it with us. And we took on a big boss that we could not kill. I mean, Paul had the absolute genius idea to say, hey, what if we just build a ton of campfires and he walks over and burns to death? (laughs) He, He was a leaf a leaf style pal so you figure he's got to be weak to fire yeah and and so we went shoot let's give it a shot and then ryan went well if we're gonna do that let's record it and then ace went i'll record it and we put it out there and apparently people love it and it's just this the the main takeaway is that when you give people a sandbox game to play they will find ways to have fun and that, to me, is what Pal World is about. If you strip away the Pokemon copying, the references and 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 um, similarities to other games like Ark and Breath of the Wild and even Fortnite, <laughs> you are left with something that just winds up being fun for people. Yeah. So I feel like that similarities. really similarities. Yeah, <laughs> similarities. Yeah. So I think that covers a lot of how it's like kind of similar to Pokemon. Ryan, how would you kind of compare this to Ark? Because like all three of us have also played Ark together. I think that's probably the closest comp. I yeah, I would definitely agree. I honestly I like it because I know what to do. <laughs> I pop it feels, into that. It feels familiar. Yeah, it feels familiar. I pop into that technology bracket and then I can go through and click all the things I need to upgrade. Um again, pretty similar uh to, <laughs> to, to the Ark, but again, it's just one of those things. Hey, if you can take these little bits and pieces from each game and make something that's gone this substantially great. Like it's, it's wildly successful, obviously within a few days. So they did something right. And they put, uh, this little piece from this game, this little piece from that game. These are the best parts. Let's mesh this all together and make something that people are going to love that they can stream that, um, it's going to be a phenomenon and that's exactly what's happened. So, yeah, it's it's awesome. Well, they also combine it with a little bit of like weird dark humor. It almost satirizes those things a little bit because I would say that this game doesn't revolutionize anything in particular. No. Yeah. But it's just a great compilation of other great games with a little dash of poking fun at it. Like what if we use Pokéballs not just on Pokémon but actually on people and force them to fight for us and build our bases for us. And I get that some people like brush up against these and they're like, does this condone like slavery? And it's like, come on, clearly this is poking fun at all those things. It's over the top antics just for the comedic effect. Uh, But I think that's why it really just struck a chord with so many people. 
It feels familiar. It's very easy to pick up and play. And when you can do it with large groups of friends, you end up with these wild stories like us with the manor rest that are really fun to talk about and share with other people. Uh, Let's kind of like start to break down some different aspects of this game. I'm kind of curious to hear you guys, like if you actually break it down, what is your favorite part of this game? Is it like capturing new pals? Is it the base building? Is it the combat? Is it crafting? Like, let's just kind of start there and then we'll kind of break down those categories and go into some more detail. Let's start with Ryan. Ryan has played by far the most out of the three of us. I don't know if you've just had no jobs recently, Ryan, but you have been playing pretty much all day, every day. I want to hear from you first. What's I, your favorite part? I love it, man. I got to say, I love, I like Ryan played Ark and he was like, guys, I kind of like this. And then I think like, this is the follow up to that for Ryan, where like he said, he's like, I know what I'm doing now. And so I am very curious to hear what Ryan's favorite part of the game is. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm self-employed. So obviously I took this whole week off because I knew, <laughs> you know, I knew this was going to happen. No. <laughs> like everyone knew. Everyone it's, knew Pal World would take off. Yeah, it's uh, uh, very rarely do we get a lot of rain in Phoenix, Arizona. But this week we did. So I had some definitely some time on my hands to play. Um, and so I've just been going gangbusters. And like you guys said, with Ark, I, I, I kind of knew what to do. And I am... The thing that I thoroughly enjoy in these games is just, I just love farming mats. I love creating the ways to, I'm a caretaker. I like to get everything for everybody, get all the stuff together. Hey guys, you know, while you were gone, look, this is what I did. So, you know, I just, just today I I built an ore farm because we were just like, man, we can't get enough ore and, and I, I wish there was a way to do it for fiber. And so there's, there's a few hiccups that we have as far as materials go. I just want to figure out how I can streamline that process so that's that's the part i love i love kind of digging into the weeds there and and getting all the materials we need to just keep advancing and getting you know better bases and and better stuff and then just you know make everybody happy it's community man we're a community you know (laughs) i gotta say something here paul because you know ryan built me a house I with did nothing but organized chests inside of it <laughs> with signs that said crafting materials, medical supplies, creature souls, uh, you know, ammo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ryan understands me. He, he gets me, <laughs> Paul. And he was like, Josh is going to love the fact that all of these chests are organized. And I don't want to, like, say that you don't do that, Paul. But, you know, I'm just saying we, that, you know. Look, we have brought this up so many times. Josh, I can't believe we're still having this fight. When we play Rust, first of all, Rust, pay attention. Oh, here you we gotta go. Let us, you gotta let us just easily mark things. Don't let me do like an ammo box with a skin. That's too broad. We need to be able to make actual signs like in Pal World. But... Whereas Josh in Rust always wants to pair base mats together, that is not useful if you are the person like me who has all the recipes. If I'm going to craft satchels, I want a satchel crate that's got my rope and it's got my uh, cloth for the, the, I don't remember the exact recipe, we haven't played in forever, Uh, but my bean can grenade mats, I would group that way. Josh would just group by a different way and we would always end up making each other's chess really disorganized as much as it drove you crazy you drove me crazy just as much putting it all back in the wrong way all right but 
Ryan is Mr. Infrastructure. All right. Ryan built, I still don't know why it's a two story warehouse, um, but that's fine. It's, gotta it, have it has space, ambiance, lots man. of you space. Got atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. With very well laid out uh, placards marking what everything holds. I love that you actually also built a bank for us to go <laughs> deposit like gold <laughs> so we can share the gold together. Yeah, I think Ryan, you you built most of our base and you would also build little satellite bases that we could fast travel to if you found something interesting. Like the black market dealer was so funny because since we're still new to Power World, you posted a video on Discord where you're like, guys, I don't know what this is, but he looks scary. And it's like <laughs> a level 40 guy with big teeth and it's labeled like black marketeer or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're like, I'm just going to put a pal box right here so we can fast travel to it later. And then the next time I got on, you and I went to go explore and, and look at that. And I thought it was so funny because I just kept walking closer to him. I'm like, do you think he's an NPC we can talk to? And you're like, I don't know. He's right next to a fire barrel. I think we're going to have to fight him. And you're like, don't go in there. And then I just walked halfway to him and I was going to stop. But I think you thought I was going to keep walking. So yeah. you walked past me. <laughs> but then it turns out you can just talk to him and you can you know, buy and sell pals and, and syndicate thugs on the black market. <laughs> Everybody needs a good black market, right? Yeah. yeah. The best games have it. Like yeah. RimWorld. Yeah. Pal World. You, you got to have it in there. Little dose of of, uh, of silliness, right? All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and take just a short break, and then we'll be right back with more Power World. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape... You can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. All right, coming back from our break, Josh, what's your favorite thing to do here in the game? So for me, most of the time in these types of games, I love progression. If you give me a game that has solid progression, I've been saying this forever, it really sinks its its hooks into me because I just want to keep... There's always that carrot in front of me. There's always that thing to work for. There's always that higher level zone that I need. I want to go explore, so I need to build up my gear and my level and all that stuff. So I am a sucker for progression in games. Pal World gives that to you uh, in a lot of different ways, whether it is the tech tree or it is the ability to capture larger and more difficult pals, exploring the world, harder boss fights. We just found a tower, which are the mega boss fights in this game. And we were like, let's just give it a shot. You know, let's see who's in there. And we got one shotted like almost instantly. <laughs> I mean, well, that was the second tower. We had already done the first right, yeah, one. Yeah, the second yeah. tower. But we had no yeah. idea what was in there, you know, and we just discovered it all together. And so for me, progression is the draw that keeps me playing. 
And my particular play style, I am not a base builder. You guys know that. I, I think at this point, you've basically said, no, no, Josh, we'll we'll take care of the base. Don't worry. Don't don't build anything. <laughs> Valheim was the end of yes. it. After Valheim, you got fired. I had already been fired in Rust. You lasted longer than I did. Yeah. But Valheim was when we're like, nope, give it to Jared, give it to Todd. Anyone else can build these bases. Yeah. So and that's that suits me just fine. So what I really enjoy is going out and looking around. Like I I like to explore and I like progression. So while, you know, Ryan is building the base and Paul is farming materials and, you know, Ace is capturing pals and taking care of them. I am generally the guy that likes to go out and look around, see what's out in the world. Whoa, guys, I just found something really cool. Maybe we should explore this as a group or something like that. And, and, and again, this is where this kind of combination of genres comes in is it works for me. You know, is this brand new? Have I, you know, I've seen this before, but it's done well. And so when you give me that ability to progress and you give me a world that I can go explore and find neat things in, I mean, there's dungeons in this game, there's boss fights, there's higher level areas where you're going to find pals that you've never seen before, that sort of stuff. That's what draws me in. And so that's what I find myself doing more often than not. And it works. Whoa, hold on. So I'm not allowed to go explore in Fortnite, but you can go explore in Pal World <laughs> yeah. and everything's hunky dory. Is because that what we're doing? Everybody's trying to kill you in Fortnite, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Which they usually do, but that's besides the point. <laughs> I will say that the exploration is handled really well in Pal yeah. World. I think that the world of Ark is more beautiful to look at oh, and it's sure. more yeah. interesting the first time you take off on a flying mountain, you can actually see the world. Like Ark does that better, but Pal World still, it is scaled back. I would say it's a little more akin to Valheim in that regard, where you do have different biomes. You've got your tropical areas and the tundra, and you realize very soon if I climb up into the snow mountains, I'm going to die very quickly because I need to craft my tundra outfits and things like that. But there is a lot to do in the open world, you know, not just in finding dungeons and bosses and things like that, but you can also discover these effigies that you can then use to upgrade your player and your ability to catch pals. It does seem like there's a lot to discover and find and do in the open world. And I think one of the best things, Ryan, you were the first one to realize, because we all hopped on pretty close to the same time and started playing together on the same server, you were the first one to realize you could scale walls like Breath of the Wild. Oh. And I think that's a great addition to this game. <laughs> it was mainly because I was sidetracked and then you guys were running off and I'm like, oh no, I got to get to them. And then I just started trying to jump to the wall and then I could just start climbing. So I, I will say the stamina, I, I hate the stamina bar on this game. Like I just wish it was a little more, I, guess, I don't know, streamlined or better or not as punishing. <laughs> punishing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I I would say the exploration is an awful lot of fun. I will say that with the game being early access and being done by an independent studio, things like the dungeons you find are very scaled back. I think we realized pretty quick that they're a little bit copy and pasted, uh, which is, you know, it, it's just... You, it's a cheaper game. It's $30. We're not going to complain, or at least I'm not going to complain about something like that. However, I would like to say in the future, that would be one of the biggest areas where I think they can improve is having like a more robust dungeon system. Uh, I, I actually really like the fact that there are dungeons. Um, you know, it's one of those things where I get excited whenever I find one. I will say that I'm with you. I think that they are a little just kind of 
bland right now. And that's definitely an area where they could seriously focus on handcrafting a few of these. Um, you know, maybe even having like some quest stuff uh, situated on those. I do like the fact that there is always a boss in a dungeon. You know, you're going to find one. It tells you before you even zone into it that, hey, this is a level 29 boss in here. And we have found some neat rooms. There was one room that had like a treasure chest out in the middle of like a big dais. And we were like, oh, this is going to be a boss fight for sure. And then we walked <laughs> out there and it was just a treasure chest. And I think we kind of all went like, what? What? Where's the boss? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but then we found the boss later on. But it was like, you know, they they can definitely handcraft a little bit more of that. And I think it would go an awfully long way for just the, again, that progression and that interest in the things that you find out in the world. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I was, you know, so shocker. I was on right before we recorded. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was on with Ace, actually. And we, we were in a dungeon. And normally you run in, you go to the one section, go straight through the kind of the center uh pathway and that's the way to the boss this one actually had this different corridor that almost looked like a dining hall that led to the boss and just that subtle change we're like oh cool this one's different you know oh it's something new so if they were able to just do a little bit of a tweak so just to give that little bit of difference to each dungeon a little bit of uh kind of je ne sais quoi then I think I think I think it would just make a big difference for kind of those in between moments when you're not doing something big or extravagant. You're just kind of clearing a dungeon, but again, you just find those walking by, walking to new areas. So it's it's yeah, I'll, I love this game, guys. Yeah, and and it's fun to race each other for who's going to loot the chests at the end. Oh, absolutely! Right? I was screaming at Paul because he was like a half inch ahead of me, and I was like, "No, no, Paul, it's mine!" See, this is this is the difference that these guys don't know. Because I talk I about was this, Ryan. On this the, is you and me on the chest with Ace. I'm like, "Hey, bud, do you want the right or the left chest?" I'm like, "You pick." And then he's like, "Oh, I'll take the left." I'm like, "Okay," and I get the right. And then you know, Josh, he's blaming everyone else, but you know, Josh would go and snake both in a heartbeat. Oh, Josh, absolutely. Josh is the one who brings it out of the group when Ryan and I did a dungeon solo. Ryan's, you know, 300 meters ahead of me, and he's like, all right, I grabbed one chest. The other one's ready for you. I'm like, all right, thanks, Ryan. Oh, no way, but man. then when we play with Josh, that's when we just start <laughs> ganking stuff from each other. Oh, yeah. but I stole his egg. I stole the egg. <laughs> exactly. You did steal my egg, but you gave it back also. What's really funny, and I didn't tell you this, is I stole your egg last night, Ryan, and oh. you didn't realize that I had grabbed it, and... <laughs> And then you kept going like, where'd it go? Where'd it go? You'd been hatching this egg for like four hours and I didn't say a word. And then I just stuck it in the pal box. And then you were like, oh, oh, there it is. I, I oh, must have had my inventory full or something. Oh, Ryan's getting ready to report bugs. Yeah. I am. <laughs> it's just Josh. My egg disappeared. Yeah. I So live All confession right. Well, right here, people. There you go. Yes. So we've talked a lot about exploration. We got to talk about capturing pals because more than anything else, that's kind of what sets this aside. I know Ace and I have said this several times in our discord. The, the fact that a lot of people rail on this game for quote, ripping off Pokemon, they're giving us the Pokemon game. We've always wanted. If there was an official Pokemon game with open world crafting like this, we would be more than happy to scoop it up. But it doesn't exist. We've been given these half-hearted games like Arceus and stuff. So that doesn't bother me at all. Now, these are not, of course, they're not the official licensed Pokemon like, you know, Pikachu and, and things like that. But it's a very similar system. All right. Instead of throwing Pokeballs, you throw Pal Spheres. 
there are different grades of them. There are pal spheres, <laughs> megaspheres, gigaspheres. All right, so you can kind of see if you're any any familiar with Pokemon, this is all going to sound very familiar. I will say it's very funny, and I thought this was very funny right off the bat, that you have to just start beating on these pals in the open world until they're low level and can throw a sphere at them. And in the beginning, you're fighting like little kitty cats and lambs that will just cry (laughs) as you're punching them in the face until they're almost dead. And then you got to, you know, put them in one of the spheres. Um, It's pretty hysterical. You also get bonus points if you take them from behind, which we all, you know, enjoyed making lots of jokes about. And then I think what, what they do here that takes the game to the next level is that every pal you capture does have different traits and stats And this is almost where it gets a little similar to RimWorld because you'll have certain characters that maybe if it's like a water type Pokemon, it'll have the ability to like water your crops for you in your base. So that way you don't have to manually water everything. I have a pal working my base that'll do it for me. But they also have little personality traits. Like right now we're running multiple pals that have bottomless stomachs and they will just constantly eat food whether they're hungry or not, but they'll even get moody. Like, we had a pal yesterday, I think it said something like, so-and-so is feeling neglected, so they went to bed. Yeah. And so they're not working (laughs) in our base. And you can actually pump your pals full of antidepressant meds that will make them happier and go back to work. Like, this is that extra layer where it's not just a blatant ripoff. They do add a little extra flavor here that I think is a lot of fun. Yeah, I I have to give credit. I don't know who came up with this meme, but it really does make me laugh whenever I see it. And the meme is basically, it's like the Pokemon icon and it says, you know, you're just a cheap knockoff. And then it says Pal World and it goes, oh, no, no, I'm the upgrade. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like, this is the thing. Like, I, I you guys know, I, I've never played Pokemon. I don't get into the games. I've I've seen them. My kids play them. I know what they are, but they've just never interested me. And I'll say in the very beginning, like that was my very initial impression with Pal World, right? I think it's a very easy thing for people to go, this is a Pokemon clone or a Pokemon knockoff, so I'm not interested because those games are not for me. And I 100% get that because that was me. But then when you see that they've sold 6 million copies, you start going like, well, what am I missing? You know, like, is there something more to this? And that's when we jumped in. And there is way more than just Pokemon to this game. Now, I will say, since we're talking about how you capture the Pokemon and stuff like that, for me, like there, there is a very like tangible like reward for capturing a Pokemon, or I'm sorry, a pal that has a very <laughs> low percentage chance, right? Whoops. Like that is part of the game to say, oh, I've only got a, a 6% chance to capture this guy. But then you watch the little the little wheel tick up and then you hit 100%. I mean, how many times have we cheered because of that? You know, oh, yeah. and then oh, it's many, like, oh, I got times. him. Like we fought oh, a it was boss only a point four percent stuff like that. Yeah. The other part is in the co-op portion of this game, we are all guilty of this, so this is not just me, but it is a race to see who can throw their sphere the f- <laughs> like first to try to capture it because there is a legit competition amongst us to try to capture these things. And so that adds like that fun layer with your friends as well. The personality of these pals is to me what makes that part of the game work for me. 
the fact that they get mad when they're at the base and they're working and they don't want to, the fact that they get all snippy and they'll just go to bed. Uh, we, you know, we, I had some like little dragon guy that I was super stoked to get. And then he just overeats and it literally like is flashing above his head saying overeating, overeating. <laughs> and I'm going, quit eating all the food. Like, why are you doing this? And then I'm starting to like yell at these pals. <laughs> And then I feel like an idiot, but at the same time, like I'm have, I'm a fun idiot at that point because that is where these things shine is the personalities that they have, the chores that they do, they're helping around the base. So you want to go out and capture more of them because you want to see what they can do. And on top of that, they fight for you and you can ride some of them. <laughs> yep. And I want to know. What is your guy's favorite or maybe most memorable pal that you currently have in your arsenal? Like when I think of Ryan, I'm definitely thinking about like your giant floppy fish. Oh, oh yeah. That thing's so <laughs> What is it? Depot or depot or something like that? De- he's worried. Depresso? He's, no, Depresso's the big cat. Oh, that's the, that's yeah. the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like some big floppy dirt fish, but that guy, he, uh, he made it. Um, he was a little too good at mining, so he's on our ore mine now. And as fish do. Yeah, as fish do. <laughs> yeah. <know>. Those or fish. <laughs> that was I was when that was probably one of the early nights or um when you guys were gone and it was one in the morning and I was still on, blinking heavily, trying to stay awake, but couldn't stop myself from playing. And I came across the syndicate and there was a cage. In the cage was uh, another pal, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna murk all these dudes and free this guy. And it was this giant fish thing, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Let's see what this does. And then I take him out and then he got even bigger once he was out of the cage. And it was just, it's just comical when you get the bosses or the, the specialty ones, they're obnoxiously large and that just makes it even better. Oh, that makes it so much more fun. Like we're still relatively early in the game. I mean, it's only been out four days and we're dads with families and full-time jobs, but we've played so much. I just love my giant relaxaurus. It's just this giant, <laughs> yeah. stupid looking it's blue looking dinosaur. dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, it looks so friendly, but like he's kind of a beast, and I think he's great. So he like, I'll pull bubbles. him out. Those bubbles. Yeah. I just caught one right before we recorded, and I was like, "Oh, this is lame." And then he shoots those bubbles, <laughs> and I saw him hit all the syndicates, and they just were like, Ugh, and they all died. <laughs> yeah. They're pretty great. Is your favorite your your whatever the worm like the fro- the the dragon that well, flies? Well, that's the boss that we just captured last night. So I'll be honest, I haven't really had a chance to use him very much. I do know because you can look forward in the tech tree and see like what's coming up, and I do see where there's a saddle for him. So maybe I'll be honest, I'm kind of basic. Like I just want to ride things. So for me, it's like I have the dire wolf. And he's fast. And I love being able to just dart around because a lot of times, again, because I'm just kind of going out into the world and looking around and exploring. And then the bird, which the the, the real name is a Nightwing, but I just call it Flappy Bird. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah. you know, I just hop on that guy and I fly around and he's very out of shape. He has no stamina whatsoever, but he gets me where we need to go. <laughs> so... Dude, um, I was so I will say I was a little disappointed when I first unlocked the saddle for the Melpaca because they are pretty slow, but you're just riding, you know, a llama, you know, around the world <laughs> and you're only maybe like 10 to 15% faster. Riding the direwolves is a lot cooler and then you can ride like the Ikethyr deers and the Nightwings yeah. and so on and so forth. But being able to ride the Pokémon is pretty cool, 
because you can also fight while you are riding them. Yes. Yeah. Or you can let them fight on their own on the ground. And sometimes, you know, you kind of like switch back and forth. But I do love the fact that all that stuff works together. Now, something to mention about the combat portion of the pals that's really neat to me and is not evident to a lot of people is they have their abilities. And and if you're riding one, you can command it which ability you want to use. So that almost is like another skill tree almost. But then you can find out in the world, you can find these fruits that teach skills to the pals. So if you want to give your fire pal a water skill, you can if you find the fruit. So you can actually really get into how you're tweaking like the pals that you can carry with you. And, and you can carry five at a time. You can only deploy one at a time, but you have a set of five that you go out into the world with. And so there is a good bit of strategy there as in like, which five are you going to take? Are you, well, you're going to take a transport guide that you can ride. You're probably going to want a tanky one that has a lot of hit points. You're going to want one that does a lot of damage, you know? And so you get into that kind of personalization as far as like the party of pals that you bring with you too. And I like the fact that you can upgrade them with skills you can sacrifice other pals of that kind to like <laughs> sure infuse can. that guy and make him stronger. So there really is a lot of depth to building these guys up and making them what you want to make them too. And I think that's another part of the progression tree in this game is just like, okay, I found this pal that I really like. Let's see how awesome I can make him. All right. I think there are also some other really cool things you can do with pals, but let's go ahead and take our last break and then we'll come back and break that down. Okay. So some other cool things about that, Josh, you were mentioning how you can carry like five pals in your party. Some of them have traits that also impact your player just by having them with you. Like having the cats in your party let you carry more weight. And some other characters will increase the damage you do. So the fact that all these things kind of synergize and work together, I think is awesome. There's also like the pal condenser pop in like five chicky peas and it's going to make one chicky pea with more, you know, attack power and stuff like that. You did also mention sacrificing and we got to talk <laughs> oh, about that. It gets the like, cleaver. If you're not working, you get the cleaver. <laughs> Let's just say no foxes will get between Josh and his leather. No, I, <laughs> this, is, this is where you just get to be stupid in games sometimes. So you get, if you get a meat cleaver, it's like an item like a pickaxe or, you know, a hatchet, but it allows you to butcher a pal. And of course, I'm like, well, I got to see what this does. And then... <laughs> So you do. You pull up your little command menu where you can command the pals. You can say, hey, attack, don't attack. You know, I, I want to feed you these sorts of things. And if you're holding the cleaver, it turns into butcher pal. Uh, yeah. And when you do, you just turn like Jason Voorhees on this guy. <laughs> I mean, you are double... <laughs> double-handed overhead smashing this poor guy. And again, I love the humor in this game because it's not, it doesn't try to take itself too seriously. It puts a blurred out kind of sensor like 
area that was over what the best part was yeah over like <laughs> this whole horrendous action that's happening uh and yeah so then of course because i'm an idiot i just anytime one of our pals in the base is not working or is being moody <laughs> i just say it's gonna get the cleaver <laughs> <laughs> to the block with you <laughs> including being able to butcher your humanoid slaves if you have any in your party as well that's true which gets a little yes. dark but it does give you the ability yes <laughs> all right so we we have talked a little bit about the tech tree. This this is definitely lifted from Ark. Basically, you just bring up a menu, you earn XP in this game by doing anything, whether you're mining, crafting, capturing pals, it all gives you XP. And you unlock these tech points that you can then spend based on your character level. So every time you level, it unlocks a new row of new recipes that you can click and unlock. I will say I don't know that I love being able to see every line of recipes all the way down to the bottom. It does take a little bit of the mystery out because right off the bat, it's like, okay, I, I, um, I've been running around using this club, but now I can make a spear. Oh, that's awesome. But then if you scroll down, it's like, oh, then I'm going to go to crossbow. Now I'm going to be able to craft firearms. Like that almost would be more fun if you just stumbled into that down the road. Uh, I don't know if you guys feel the same way or not, but that was like one of my very few complaints is that there's not a lot of mystery of what you're going to learn down the road. Now, they do shroud some recipes because you have to like buy a schematic or find something in the world, but I did find that to be a little bit of a bummer. I, I kind of liked it because then I knew what we had to prepare for. I, I get what you're saying that there's not like the mystery of trying to figure out when you unlock something. Oh, okay. Now we need this. but um. I don't know. It's games, I mean, it's kind of hard enough with with all the stuff we have to do and managing all these uh, temperamental Pokemon and then, or excuse me, <laughs> excuse me, we're gonna have to edit redact that there. Uh, pals, <laughs> our pals, TM, uh, and then we gotta manage Josh uh, murdering them all. So there's there's a lot, in, you know, okay. in this. Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> I to defend my honor, I only murder the ones that deserve it. Okay. <laughs> That's yeah, I get it, I get it. But it, we have a workforce, man. We got we got quotas to fill. You know how many ingots I need, dude? Come a on lot. now, yeah, a lot. Exactly. We, go we so got no time order. for slacking off. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, we do. Uh, we do have that. There's a weird spot on our base too that like they keep getting stuck. There is. I mean, this game again is an early release, so there is a little bit of a hiccups here and there. But there's we have a little spot on our base that's like a little cliffside that's right in the middle that they keep getting we we transfer back to our base and it's his eyes are bloodshot he's starving something's definitely wrong yeah <laughs> <laughs> then oh, you go around some... looking I'm like which guy's got the what, evil look in his eye oh we've seen some crazy stuff one of the funniest was when our buddy Ace captured our first slave. And anytime he would try to spawn him, he was just a floating bat in the air. Not like a not like a rodent yeah. bat, but like a baseball bat. Yeah. And we're like, yeah. what on earth is in this game's coding that that's how this character appears? <laughs> so yeah, it, it's it's got a few, you know, bugs for sure. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about like the long-term prospects of Pal World. So we're kind of looking at like pretty much every survival crafting game. It's a very common loop. It's just Get further in the map, find new mats, unlock new recipes, rinse and repeat as you work your way through the game. 
Right now, there are a total of five towers that have the mega bosses. So far, we've only been able to defeat the first one. That was actually, we defeated that one quite handily. We did try the second one a little premature because I think that boss was like level 31 or something like that. And we, yeah. got we were not yet ready. <laughs> we basically got one shot. Yeah. <laughs> but there are five total in the world. Um, I would say there's a lot there to enjoy. I think the game is already worth the 30 bucks. However, I would love to see them add additional towers and more bosses, maybe even more biomes. It is a little bit scaled back in that regard, but I still think there's plenty to get your money's worth. I was kind of curious to hear your guys' thoughts. This is my one concern with this game, to be honest with you. Now, it is early access. A lot of times that puts people off. This is a game in early access. While it may be a little buggy, you are going to get your money's worth right off the bat. Like I, I that's my opinion. Is like you know, don't be afraid of the early access part because you're going to have enough fun to justify the money that you're going to spend on it. I do worry about the longevity of this game, and I think that's a question a lot of people are asking. I see it a lot on social media where it's like, is this just a flash in the pan? Is this just a huge wave where everybody has FOMO and so they're missing out and so everybody's buying it to see what everybody's talking about? You know, but in three weeks, are people still going to be talking about Pal World? And for me, the thing that they need to do is they need to continue dangling that carrot and it needs to be more than just a, a massive tech tree, right? Like I'm with you, Paul, a little bit and then I don't like knowing what's coming up. I, I get what Ryan's saying about being able to prepare and, and, and things like that. For me, if I scroll all the way down to the bottom and I see, oh, at some point we're going to get like a mounted rocket launcher, but that's the cream of the crop. I kind of almost lose the carrot a little bit because I go, well, that'd be really cool. But now I know what the end game is, you know, yeah. as imagine, far as that goes. Imagine if it was like Valheim where they add new pals and new recipes. And now you find that pal, you kill it, you get some kind of new mat and it pops up telling you now you've unlocked these new recipes. Exactly. I think you and I liked that system uh, the most. If you could have that inside pal world, and I'm not like saying I want it like as a live game service, but if we got a couple updates, because right now I think there's something like 103 pals, you kind of run across almost all of them within your first dozen hours. But if there was some kind of, you know, a couple updates down the road with new recipes and new mats, I think that would do a lot as far as longevity. That and then I like I like that it's open world and I like exploring, but sometimes having a quest is very beneficial to continue to dangle that carrot and keep interest, at least for somebody like me. You know, if I have a quest that just says, find and kill the black marketeer, right? Like, I have no idea where that dude is in this world, but it gives me something to say, maybe I should go look at this cave. Maybe I should go check out this point of interest, right? Like, there's something that just says, I know that there's something else for me to do or to aim for. Now, the towers are very visible and you know there's bosses in there, but we kind of knew we were going to get our butts kicked, but we just wanted yeah. to see, you know? And so like, it, it kind of takes away a little bit of the mystery or a little bit of that draw for me to kind of just say, well, all we're trying to do is get strong enough to fight this guy in the tower. So for the longevity of this game, I would like to see them tweak the, like the tech tree and the progression, maybe hide it, you know, maybe give some surprises or something like that. And then I, I actually would like a quest system or just a pointer. Like, just give me a reason why 
I'm flying 20 minutes away from our base camp and looking around other than just like, oh, look, there's a new pal I never saw before. So did you really enjoy the tutorial missions? I, I love kinda, those. I kind of did. Continue. Like, yeah, honestly, no, had, that's my point. Yeah. Is like they went away and then I kind of went, well, what are we supposed to do now? And I'm not saying I need my hand held throughout an entire game. I mean, we've been lifelong gamers, but there is, it gives you a little carrot is all it does. And that's why I say you can even leave it vague at that point, right? And just say, hey, find this guy or capture a level 30 pal, right? Or something to just say, you've got something to 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 focus on because I, in my gamer ADD, will get lost and then I'll just kind of go, this game was a lot of fun, but oh, look, this game's coming out in two days. Let me see what it's got to... to <laughs> AKA Enshrouded. Yeah, I mean, honestly, <laughs> you know, and so I, I think they would do themselves a huge service to the gamers and the longevity of this game if they can kind of focus on that stuff. And I'm not saying that they're not because the game... Again, this game is early access and they may they may have these huge plans and they may be implementing all of those. I really hope that they do. But to me, that's what they need to do. Yeah. I love I love the idea of like the vague missions like uh, you know, capture this guy or or get this character that's over 30 or just something like you said the carrot, just something simple that will just keep you going. Let me keep checking off this list. Everybody loves to to, you know, mark stuff off the list. So I think if it's something that can keep the continuation of you playing and having objectives and wanting to just do more, because, I mean, once you get your base built out, once you got these things done, you have a ton of mats. Okay, cool. I can get some new materials. I can get some new gear, you know, but I, I want to go explore. I want to, you know, you go, you explore and you come back to the base. The exploring is mostly the fun part. That's that's where you're going to have the fun. You're finding new things. So if they can make that interaction um enjoyable i think that's what will make that continuation on the game and people coming back other than you know just playing it for a you know a few hours and then logging off yeah i thought the tutorial missions were done rather well because they were yeah. not terribly specific it was like go capture 30 pals and then you do that you get the little checkbox you get the dopamine hit and it's telling you upgrade your base from level five to level seven and then you kind of see Okay, well, if I look in order to upgrade my base, here's what I have to do. And then they finally tell you, go to the tower and fight the syndicate boss. And then you do that, and you can see other towers, and then there's just no more missions. So it's similar to Valheim in that regard, where it's like, here are the world bosses. I can see I'm going to go to them in these different biomes, and that's really the only thing. Maybe just a little bit more along the way would have been nice. Um I would like to ask you guys, is there anything that you like or don't like about the game that we did not yet cover? Because I, I have just a couple minor things. I got one. I got one big one. Let's hear it. Give me a mini map, man. Oh, Come yeah. on. Dude. A ping. Let me ping. Let Pings, me ping. Yes. Let me, okay. Let me ping and let me mini map. I, you know how many times I have to stop and then I don't, is there, there's not a, like an auto run, right? No, that I've just, no, not that I, I don't okay, think so. So I can't continue on running. I got to, I got to just. You know, pull up the map, look, okay, I'm going the right way, and then run continuously. Listen, we're gamers, it's 2024, we're needy. All right, give us give us the mini-map, let us ping stuff for our friends and companions, and, you know, that's all, except for a lot of other things as well, that we ask for. That's a great tip. Yeah. I would love a mini-map. Yeah. yeah. Big I time. I mean, I have a great sense of direction, unlike Paul, and I still would like a mini map. <laughs> yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah, there's nothing worse than when you have a whole group of mobs chasing you and you're trying to figure out which way to run and you you literally can't open the map while running, like you're saying, yeah. Ryan. You have to stop. Now you're in danger trying to figure out where to go. I will say maybe the biggest nuisance we've run into so far, at least in my opinion, is that you have pals that will automatically pick up and move mats inside your base if you're within this blue circumference of your <laughs> of your uh base josh and i after we died to the second tower boss yesterday we ended up grabbing some of the incorrect loot uh because we had to recover our corpses and so josh and i dropped everything for the other person and our pals immediately picked it all up <laughs> put them in random boxes and it definitely took us about 10 minutes to get all of our gear back and i get the convenience of your pals moving stuff for you but i was like oh my goodness this turned into like such a hassle uh so i don't know that there's a better system maybe if i drop something make the pals wait 60 seconds or something before they start moving it or just a direct trade too you know, or I, direct I mean, trade. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I, I mean, for me, there's a lot I like about the game. I think if I was going to point out some nuisances, I feel like base building is an afterthought. I mean, you know, Ryan has built a good organization and stuff like that, but I feel like there's really not a reason to build a base other than just aesthetics. Like, you know, using some other games as an example, in Ark, you had to build a base because you would get attacked by like T-Rexes and stuff, you know, and so you needed that defense. Same thing in Valheim. There are raids that happen while you're playing and you get a big warning and like, you know, anywhere from two to like 10 monsters will come streaming down and attack your base. I like that. I think that's neat, but they're fairly wimpy. And if you have a bunch of pals at your base, they just wreck anything that comes through there anyway. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not finding too many nuisances. Um, the, there's just a couple quality of life things. And I think you guys touched on those. A mini map would be really nice. Pinging is an absolute must. I mean, how many times were we like over there and you guys are like, where? And then I'm like <laughs> over there and it's like, oh, like, and I just, you know, you need to be able to ping something for people. Other than that, I think it's just continued development, you know? Yeah. World events are a really cool thing. Having things happen as you are out in the world. This world is huge and I have explored a decent bit of it, but a lot of times I find that I'm not finding a whole lot. You know, there are the dungeons, there are the towers that you find, but it'd just be really neat to come across whatever, you know, actually happening in the world and then being able to join in or, you know, locate some big boss or something like that. Now they do point out actual bosses on the minimap for you. So that's kind of a way for them to say, Hey, here's a guy that you can fight. But I think I just like a little bit more of that randomness. Again, I just, I personally need those things to keep me invested in playing beyond the first like 15 to 20 hours. Well, especially because it's just one map. It's not procedurally generated. Yeah. So yeah, you'll run into a syndicate base where you can free a pal or you'll find that dungeon. But there's really only a small handful of things you can find outside of that. We haven't really seen much else. Now, I will say some people in our Discord did say that the raids do get much more tougher down the road, which I like hearing. I think that's a good thing. Um, the last thing I'll say, something that I really like, any item that you have put in a box is available for crafting. I love that. Oh, yes. How annoying is it? Honestly, Josh, you, you don't even have to care about 
organization in the boxes. It doesn't matter. In Rust, it was always such a pain to have to go find your mats, grab them out of eight different boxes, and now I can craft my AK or my rocket or whatever. Or in Arc, I've got some items inside this. Uh, I don't even remember the name of some of the machines in there. You had like the machine thing, but then we would have boxes with other mats and you had to get them all and consolidate it. If anything's in a box, you can run up to any crafting station and it just shows you. You've got 8,000 stone, you have 2,000 wood, you have 480 fiber, and you can craft 18 of these, you know, saddles if you want or whatever. And you just set it to go. You can stand there and do it. You can walk away and let your pals do it for you over time. I think that is such a quality of life improvement. That was like one of my biggest beefs with Ark was like how you had a hundred different containers and you'd have to search for stuff. I think Pal World makes it very easy, but it also makes it really easy to like overspend mats. And next thing oh. you know, like <laughs> everyone needs fiber and there's no fiber in the well, base. <laughs> or I'm like, Ryan's like, Josh, can you craft me a saddle for this bird? And I'm like, sure. And I check and I've got the mats. And then it's like, okay, well, then I have to go run, save this pal off this cliff that he's stuck on. And then I come back and it's like, I'm eight ingots short now. And it's like, wait a minute, what, what happened to that? And it's like, because everything's <laughs> available anytime to craft something. And then it was like, oh, I didn't know you were, you needed those. I made this. And now it took some of those away too. I was so. incubating an egg, dude. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, it was cold and it needed warmth. And I'm just trying to, I'm trying to do my job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, any other stories, anything else to cover? Or do you guys think we've kind of hit all of it? I think we've hit it. I, I mean, I, I, the only thing I, for me, again, I give this game a chance is I think the the lesson that I learned is don't write it off because it looks cutesy. Don't write it off because you think it's just a Pokemon clone. There is a lot to enjoy in this game. And I think that it's a little bit deceptive to a lot of people that don't know. You know, I, I see a lot of that out there on social media. People are curious about it. I've seen people write it off and just saying, I'm not a Pokemon guy, so I, I don't care about this. But I, I think you're doing yourself a little bit of a disservice if you're taking that stance. It's not going to be for everybody. I mean, that that's plain and simple. But it does enough right that there is a reason that so many people have bought this game and, and are enjoying it. Is it going to win Game of the Year? No. Is it fun? Yes. Yes. And that, I mean, what else... What are we doing this for? You know, right. we're here. We're here to play games to have fun. You don't play them for accolades and all these different things. Like you play it because you enjoy it. And this one it hits those marks. I am not. I I grew up in the prime era of Pokemon in elementary school. Late elementary school, I was like nine, ten years old. Pokemon was at its full height, and I had an original Game Boy. I was playing the original Pokemon. I had cards. I had I watched my friend, childhood friend, open up a Charizard holographic. Like, so, like, I. Nothing was better. Yeah. It was, it was <laughs> the time, you know, mid, mid, late 90s. So I understand all that, but I'm not going to sit here and, and say that this game isn't fun. Like, that this game isn't enjoyable just because of that, you know, that it's like this. You know, they have, they have, it's Pokemon. They have all the money in the world. Why couldn't they make a game like this? Right. You know, so so there's no reason that we shouldn't already have something like this five years ago, ten years ago. Look at all these other games that are survival games that are just like that. So 
yeah um i'll get off my soapbox here i just i i'm having a blast i am probably gonna get right on right after <laughs> and try to play um <laughs> I do have to edit this, so I'll, I'll try yeah. to be careful on how long I play. But uh. okay, can I, okay, I got to pick on Ryan oh, for just no, a second. I got to tell, gotta tell him this one. Don't tell him this one. All right, this, people, fine. this this speaks to how much Ryan loves Power. People World. are still okay. listening. Fifty six minutes in, I I they they deserve this story. All right. So Ryan is the one that edits our 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 episodes and makes sure that you know they're ready to go. And Sorry, then, everybody. You know, and so we have bonus episodes for people that support the show. You can do that at MultiplayerSquad.com, but we do two bonus episodes a month, and we we had recorded one, and we were waiting on Ryan to to you know finish editing it. Well, I realized last night, because we had all been playing Power World all day, that I was like, oh, wait, Ryan never pinged me to tell me that the, the bonus episode was ready. So I, I tag Ryan on Discord, and I say, hey, Ryan, don't forget about this, and I don't get a response at all. And I waited a good like 15, 20 minutes. And I'm like, is he, but then I look and what do I see? Ryan is playing pal world. So yep. what do I do? I log into the game and I said, let me just see. Maybe he's AFK. I log in and there's Ryan running around doing a ton of different things. Mm-hmm. And I run over to him and I start bashing him over the head with my pickaxe. And then he sees me and then I start doing the crouch thing and he's like crouching and he thinks I want to play. And then I just built a sign excited. that said, Ryan, edit the episode. <laughs> and then I see Ryan read the sign and then just run into the base and log out instantly. <laughs> and I was like, I had to go into the game to get Ryan to do the podcast. This is I'm, how we have to reach Ryan now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you remember that one. I totally forgot about that, but that definitely... That did happen. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. That oh. cracked me up so hard, though, man. And then I just left the sign because I was like, I knew Ace was going to log in or you were going to log in or Paul was going to log in and see it. And I was just like, oh, man. Oh, I demolished it in the oh, I bet you did. I got rid of it. I'm like, this is the stain on my legacy. <laughs> oh, I love that story. It really it just shows you exactly like how easily you can get sucked into this game. Yes. All right. Well, I think that wraps everything up here for this one on Pal World. Um, make sure to rate our, our podcast five stars. Leave a written review in Apple Podcasts if you can. As a reminder, our social handle is Video Gamers Pod. Come check that out. We hope that everyone out there enjoyed this extra Wednesday episode. And until next time, happy gaming. See ya. All right. See you, everybody. <laughs>